How many crystals do you own, Jeringa? Um, zero, because I think owning people is wrong. What? Crystals? Like the person? No, crystals is oh, in the, crystal? the, the oh. minerals. Oh. Does salt count? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Appropriate response. I think I own zero crystals. I could probably do I probably own one somewhere. If you like we're like I'm gonna shoot you and your dog if you don't find a crystal crystal. I could probably dig up a crystal from a drawer somewhere. We are totally starting a podcast off like this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is going to be the intro. Welcome, everyone, to the Boink Radio Podcast here on the Boink Network Discord server. Today is August 12, 2022. We're going to be talking about the effects of energy. Uh, well, I guess the relationship between energy costs and Boink, because there are a bunch of relevant world events occurring that are making people question how much they're boinking. It's very interesting. We have never thought about this. And then there was a post on the one news item, which we'll quickly talk about before we get to Delta Strength, because it flows, you know? Uh, but uh, Richard Hasselgrove from uh, the, the Number Fields at Home forum post that we'll talk about in a second mentioned that everyone in the UK is going to have elevated gas prices, energy prices in a couple months because of the war uh, between Ukraine and Russia. And it's like, and he says he's going to turn off a bunch of his GPUs. And it's like, oh man, you're right. And then Project Alice just posted in the chat, like, yeah, and people in Texas were asking people to stop doing crypto mining down there because essentially climate change, because the electricity, uh, the electrical grid can't power everyone's air conditioners and GPUs. So it's like, oh, well, we've got a bunch of stuff that's going to affect everyone. Let's talk about it. That said, the news for the day comes from Never Feels Out. <laughs> and it's about as scattered as that just was. Uh, basically, the person who has been uh, the benefactor for this project has retired, uh, but the admin will continue working on the project so long as the hardware survives. So Eventually, this project will be a dead project, but for the time being, it will continue. Uh, one of the most critical parts that Eric thinks uh, is important to tell us about is the hard drive, and they just got a new one about a year and a half ago, uh, and their last one lasted four years. So it seems like we got a couple of years left in this one. This is going to affect which work units they run, they distribute from the project, because they want to make sure they can finish what they start before the hardware dies. So that's that. Number fields at home. If you want to get any of those brat badges from that project, you want to crunch it now before it's gone. Yeah, and uh, if you are keen on helping them out in finishing off their uh, current sets of work units, they I think they said that they're focusing on uh, batches SF3 and SF7. Uh, if you want to help them pretty much finish it off uh, and complete the project, then hop on number fields. Yes, sir. Send them out in style. This is where yeah. like, we're saying that they're actually they got a couple years left, according to these estimations, which are entirely accurate because they were written on a forum. Yeah, <laughs> so, so get crunching. Not living yet, but get crunching still. <laughs> All right, Delta. I can tell you've got a beverage, and you've got feelings about it. 
and you want to share those feelings with us. Yeah, these are very questionable feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if you were here last episode, uh, or you're listening in last episode, um, my my brother went to a uh, American import store and he brought bank uh, brought back a whole bunch of drinks, <laughs> um, and uh, I'm starting to go through the really 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 bad ones. <laughs> um, this morning I am drinking uh, coffee cake soda. What? It what? tastes exactly how you think it does. It tastes like it you're drinking. It's not gritty. It's not gritty. It's like okay, it's good. completely smooth. There's no, there's nothing in it other than just liquid and sugar. Okay, it's carbonated. Okay, it, it it's it's carbonated, <laughs> and it tastes like you are drinking a cake. It, it tastes like a cake. I'm with Allison here. She says that in the chat it's supposed to be an American product, and Delta claims these are all American products, but I'm pretty sure. They're not. <laughs> they just it says like market. It's them. made in the USA. I could say that about anything. I'm pretty sure they're just saying that so they can market to you. So they're just like, ha, here's what all those fat Americans drink. I'm gonna drink it too. Because I've never in my life seen coffee cake drink. I barely see coffee cake. Yeah, so like imagine you're just having like a plain like cake in the morning with your coffee. It's that sort of taste, all right? <laughs> and it's carbonated. So as soon as you get that hit of that cake, you get all this, like, fizz and everything that comes through, and it's like, ugh. Yeah, that sounds really weird. You know, when the Boink Workshop is in Australia, you're going to have to buy a lot of beverages to share with everyone. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I will definitely bring as many oaks as I can. <laughs> Yes, I want this one actually. Like it looks good. The label could use some work. Yeah, the it's it looks the label's a bit outdated, but that's exactly what I'm drinking there. Kind of looks like cream soda or something. Kind of like root beer, maybe. <laughs> Guess the carbonation does sound really weird. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> would I say would would it be better without the carbonation? Probably not. <laughs> It'd be just as bad. Can we start another podcast where we both just bring a bev- like a series of beverages and we just, you know, you take a sip, we talk about it till we run out of things to talk about. Then I take a sip of mine <laughs> and we talk about it till we run out of things to talk about. We should turn this <laughs> podcast into that. <laughs> no, we gotta sort of stay focused on Boykey. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. But this is really fun. Like, it's surprising how fun this section of the show is where we just talk about the shit you're drinking. Yeah, and uh, I got one more left from the American Imports, so we're going to be going out in style next week. All right. End of the summer. <sighs> Speaking of the end of the summer, though, all that stuff I said before the news, what with the temperature increasing and the war is happening, it's affecting... It's affecting how much people can crunch. I have seen some people in the chat already, but I'll formally ask, who is going to change their crunching behavior as energy prices increase? You know, even excluding, well, I guess they're all interrelated, but like inflation, global inflation is increasing, the price of oil is increasing, let alone the price of oil and natural gas once winter happens and Europe is like banned from Russia gas. And then like there's all these, these things. Just ignore why. 
if energy increases, do you stop crunching as much? And the Toastone says they're in Texas and down to one device running. Wow, how many do you usually run? Six to 10. What? Is this because of the costs? That's a huge reduction. Yeah. <laughs> it's not because of the costs. Why are you down to one device running? What happened? It could be because of the heat. Because it is summer over there, after all. Yeah. Yeah. This brings in another factor. Like, people do crunch more in the winter and whatnot. There was recently a post on Reddit under Home Labs, I think, where someone's mentioned that you can build an entire house that's heated solely by folding proteins. Everyone seemed very interested. Yeah, that's cool. It sounds that sounds epic. <laughs> yeah, I do uh, know. For... Go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so for me personally, and uh, this could come for a, a lot of people as well. Uh, I don't have to pay for electricity, <laughs> so um, I do respectfully, because someone else is paying for electricity. I do respectfully run a modest amount of crunching. And I do tailor it to the weather as well because it does get very hot in here. But at the moment, I have one, two, three computers crunching boink, trying to keep this room warm because there's no heating in this room. Wow. Yeah, you do bring up another point. It's, um, I forgot it, but you brought it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it had something to do with uh, making sure that if you're crunching, you have permission to run it. Oh, right. That's the whole thing in Boink's Terms of Services, I'm pretty sure, is that you are you are given permission by whoever's energy you're using to crunch. Like, you can't go to a hotel and crunch on their energy without telling them about it because it costs money. So, like, the Boink Terms of Service even acknowledge the energy costs of running the software, of volunteering i'm making air quotes i know you can't tell but volunteering processing power to uh projects this is not a volunteer hobby it costs money you are paying to participate in something you feel good about it's it's a weird dynamic but well but jeringo what if i open up my laptop and it automatically starts boink and i completely forget that it happens and i'm in a hotel in america attending the uh, next uh, Boink workshop. <laughs> oh, I would certainly here on this recording tell you that you should make sure that never happens. <laughs> okay, am I going to go to jail? <laughs> I doubt it. I bet you you could get fired, though. <laughs> uh, you could be kicked out of university. You know, if you're using your mm. servers that you're running on your project to do Boink work. I bet you your department would not be happy about that. If you, particularly if you're connecting those servers to cryptocurrency, so you're actually making money off of it, uh, they would definitely not like that. Um, I do know yeah. IBM used to uh, shadow install Boink on their work computers. And so their employees would be running Boink in like hotels and stuff when they're on like uh, work travel. If they open up their work computer, it starts crunching. So that's an interesting sort of flavor to this conversation. A <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, thing I wanted to bring up also is um, essentially what we're doing here is volunteer work, right? And we may think it doesn't cost much, but it 
does essentially with the with the energy. And it could be argued that instead of making a direct monetary donation, you're paying your electricity bills in order to help volunteer and crunch these projects pretty much. I wonder if you measured reliably the amount of energy you spend crunching boink if you could write that off as a tax donate as like a donation because i think you you have a really good point your donation is not going out to build a house for like habitat for humanity your donation is converting energy into uh data results precisely yeah and that's something that could be that i mean although it could be put into law that is something that's very 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 niche and very probably difficult to manage yeah which part is niche well the fact that you literally will have to make a law saying okay you can convert the money that you spend using your electricity to volunteer for these projects into a tax write-off yeah I don't think distributed computing is a niche anymore. It's actually uh, turning very quickly into a multi-billion dollar industry. Oh, no, I meant it as in like the law will have to target a very niche, very small, like very specific thing. (laughs) Yeah, 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 absolutely. Which uh, annoys some lawmakers and lawyers, but uh, because laws that are more broad generally have a a better scope. I mean, half of me wants to try it. Like, it would be fun. Just to, I, it would not be fun. You're fighting the IRS. Would be like, <laughs> I'm not paying taxes. You owe me money because I donated ten dollars. Uh, Toastone, you asked two great questions. Tax breaks do not only count for 501c3s. If I donate to any 501c3, so the 501c3s factor into the donation scheme in that if I donate to one, I can write that off on my taxes, so that it it benefits me right the 501c3 isn't the thing i'm donating oh i see what you're saying though but so the the boink project itself would have to be a 501c3 for me to be donating my compute computation donations to count as tax deductible yeah no that's that's an interesting point and for those who aren't in america what is a 501c3 uh it's just a nonprofit. y'all got a version of it in your countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, in industrialized countries, I don't know what they're called, but it's, yeah, no, that's a really good point. But that would be cool. I think every Boink project should be an established entity. Like some of these are, like we were just talking about number fields. It was just a professor uh, helping a guy who wants to do this because he's interested in it. Great, but there should be an easy way or an umbrella organization that helps these organizations, these less organized projects do these things take donations in as a 501c3 and you know fight the irs so that crunchers uh, computation cycles can be written off <laughs> maybe not that last one yeah it's going pretty far because <laughs> uh, in terms of how to actually measure how much electricity that you use uh, there, although there are technologies to do that, like I actually have something that I have plugged into my wall that tells me how much energy I'm using. That's um, really cool. I don't know if I can see it right now. Hold on. While you're looking for it, uh, Tosto mentions, yeah, Boinkin Universities are educational entities. Yeah. And so if your project is officially sanctioned and run by a university, 
it could be a 501c3. It could be part of that organization. Uh, but a lot of projects aren't. They're just run by people. Yeah, so right now I can tell you, I can safely tell you that I'm using around 300 watts of electricity. And that's been going on overnight. And also since we started this radio. And the room is nice and toasty warm now. <laughs> so it's, is that a dedicated crunching rig? Uh, this is, well, I got my main computer which usually so now, runs 24-7. It's complicated now. You're going to have to figure out how much of that energy is used specifically for that crunching. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> okay, That yeah, that's going to be the hard part. Um, but, yeah, the the device that I got can safely record how much total electricity that I've can that I, that I've used. Um, but, yeah, the hard part is saying, okay, well, how much of that is crunching? Yeah. Man, and Alice brings up a really good point in the chat. Uh, she mentions that uh, there's four people with computers running all the time in her house, and it takes electricity, it makes heat, and then she runs the air conditioner to mitigate that heat. So that adds to the cost. Ooh. So it's like, can you write off the air conditioner cost? <laughs> it's actually... You are, when you run Boink, paying for the privilege of analyzing this data and what you get back is a hotter room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and all the good feelings and the fuzzies and, you know, maybe like a product like the vaccine. I mean, we, we in the Western world did not get that vaccine, but South Korea bought a buttload of that vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> And another thing you also get is heat stroke in summer. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's a lot. Which is, I think, why a lot of the Boink community jumped on cryptocurrencies that supported Boink when they started. Because it's like, okay, if I can make back like 50 cents to the dollar, sure. Sure, I'll do that. <laughs> and uh, how, do we, how do we think that Boink crunching is going to survive in the future as uh, electricity costs go up? Oh, it's not. It's 100% not. I don't mean to say that so assuredly, but uh, there are significant projects being developed that work with economic models to make distributing computing more efficient, faster, uh, let alone with a better backend. Uh, volunteer computing is going to have to fight to survive. I entirely hope it does, but it's going to be a struggle. You're going to, it's like, it's going to be like DuckDuckGo fighting Google. It took a long time for DuckDuckGo to get to where it is now, and it's still nowhere near what Google is. Yeah, um, and also because in the very short term, we have um, energy price. The energy prices are really questionable at the moment in, in, the, in the short term. Um, so I'm curious whether people are going to be shutting down their rigs or turning off a couple of them in order to save electricity. Yeah, I think that's definitely a thing, but that might be temporary. Um, yeah, because in the long run, we're hoping to have uh, renewables and new forms of energy uh, come onto the grid and hopefully bring down the prices. Um, but until then, we've got to stick with what we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And distributed computing will exist forever. Like, it, it is a very effective way to get work done. 
uh, and is going to become more and more critical in the future. Whether or not it's done on Boink is another question. Boink is reaching 99, 2009, and it's 25 years old for software. That's that's insane. And it, like software basically supported by five people over the course of the years. No major it's institutions. Phenomenal. It is for it's yes. It is phenomenal, but it's about to go up against an influx of money, and it's so its code is is struggling. It's back and it's struggling. It never went through a mass adoption phase after that initial phase. It never fully developed a good UX or UI, uh, and, and you know it's starting to lose projects. Unfortunately, like there were. Last year, there were a couple really cool new ones that came online, like Black Holes at Home. But I feel like, and this could just be a, a feeling, um, but over the past year, we're starting to lose some. You know, World Community Grid moved. They're not gone, but they're, they're not up again yet. Uh, Number Fields is leaving. SETI's gone. Um, that's it so far, I guess. So maybe it is just a feeling. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not losing hope in um, in the, essentially how many projects we have and whether they're going or not. Because you'll see projects pop up and you'll see them go. Um, we still have a decent amount of projects to keep people happy, uh, and a decent variety as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I think in the future we're bound to see more new projects. And if there is in fact a large amount of development that happens with Boink in the near future. And maybe we do solve these issues of uh, getting the Boink server backend fixed or improved or simplified the process of creating a project. We'll definitely see more projects. Yeah, I absolutely agree. If the that process of creating one is easy, but it would still require massive amounts of outreach. Uh, like Boink, it, still, I don't know how to do it, but I imagine it's actually not that difficult. Um, there was a, a Boink workshop that set up a Boink per, uh, project in an hour. Like, it wasn't that big of a... Not an hour, like a day. It wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> so it was... For, and that was teaching people how to set one up. If you're technically inclined, you can just set up a project. But So my point is there's got to be that outreach to people to get it going. There's got to be that community that drives it to get people going and i think the community yeah. is definitely there it's just hard to get it out there for some reason yeah we have all you beautiful people here <laughs> we've got a question from alice are there any ways to use boink for qualitative analyses could you give an example uh, i think we're talking more like uh survey sort of stuff like uh, you get um qualitative responses from surveys. Um, I'm I'm no academic. Oh, well, I mean, I am an academic, but I'm not a PhD, so I'm not too sure about qualitative, qualitative so, analyses. So there's this uh, project, Alice, called the uh, something, something, something. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't think of the name. It's a, something, uh, something, something at home. It's it. It's not a Boink project. It's a data project. Uh, the something repository, the something, the knowledge something. It's like 25, 20, 30 terabytes of, of data everywhere, uh, of all data, essentially, all papers. And they've indexed it. The general index. Thank you. It's called the general index. It's a lot of information uh, that 
is essentially taking papers and open accessing them by doing some legal magic uh, trick, which is a very clever magic trick if you dig into it. Uh, and it's all tagged with metadata. And that can be qualitatively analyzed, I imagine. Because you would just search for the words. It's not like a survey, but you're finding out how many times like the word um, peanut butter is mentioned in every research paper ever sort of thing. I think you might be able to tweak that into qualitative analysis, but it would never be what you're imagining, I think. But I bring it up because speaking of new projects and community, someone should figure out how to make a Boink project out of the general index. It's so much data. There's so much there to mine. And it's just, who knows what you can do with it. I will find a link for you when Delta fills dead air. Uh, I think I did find it. Um, we can get the Wikipedia link as well. Looks pretty cool. Uh, uh, definitely want to look into it. It is probably one of the most groundbreaking things to come out of the open source, open access arena in the past 20 years. It is insane. Well, it is a publicly available index of a collection of over 107 million academic journal articles. So that is pretty spectacular. Yeah, and they did it. It's from I man, I'm just blanking. Uh, the guy who did it is very famous, M Malamud. I can't believe that they haven't actually included his name in the Wikipedia article. Uh, Carl Carl Malamud. Yeah, so he is uh very brilliant and he speaks on it very eloquently so if you can find a video of him i know there is an intro video out there of like six or seven minutes i want to say of him talking about it it's very cool it's very very cool and i'm just saying at this point it's very cool over and over again because it's very cool <laughs> yeah pretty sure the video is in the uh, archive.org one yeah, that, that's what that's he it. might be talking about. It is. Check it out. It's so he's just so passionate about it. Uh, yeah. So turn says I can see sending a text to be searched as a task. There has to be a pretty large list of phrases to search for. How big is that list? That'd be a download. Yeah, I uh, I know someone who just bought a ter uh, a hard drive specifically so they can download the general index. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's tens of terabytes. It's insane. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, can it can Boink be used qualitatively? Probably, but you would need a large list of phrases to search for, and something like the general index might provide that large list of phrases you could use it for example to find out phrases that researchers like to use that has nothing to do with research itself just be like i don't know i can't even think of an example off the top of my head there. you know what i mean i'm trying not to be mean either because i would definitely choose a mean example <laughs> <laughs> it is therefore obvious that yes that would yeah. be a great <laughs> Yeah, no, it wasn't just... that obvious. <laughs> and then you can qualitatively uh, state that researchers like to be bombastic and <laughs> use too many big words. 
Oh, man. How did we get here from just the cost Energy. of crunching make you? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the cost of crunching brings along the importance of what we're crunching. Because, I mean, would you rather be spending your electricity on, I don't know, a, for personal preference with some people, would you rather be spending your... Uh, energy costs on crunching a math project that's just finding, I don't know, uh, collapse numbers or going along the collapse conjec uh, conjecture? Or would you rather crunch something that folds proteins or finds uh, uh, cures for diseases? This is why, like, I think that's a very good, powerful insight, and it is why I think distributing computing needs to be so much bigger and have economics behind it economic models because the things we could learn about society in general would be uh very valuable what do people value in terms of scientific outcomes as times get harder as times get less hard as there's more money floating around do people switch to more foundational interests and as times get harder do they switch to more translatable interests uh if there's an economic model behind it does incentive drive people to move towards things they don't actually have interest in? Or how much does money actually drive people away from the things they're interested in? Because we say in society a lot, like, money corrupts everyone, money is evil, blah, 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 blah. And I believe it, but I don't know it. Like, if we had something that people contributed to because it produced outcomes that made their lives better at every scale, from searching for prime numbers to developing a COVID vaccine, then we could measure where people move along that scale of translatability based on different knobs and levers we turn and the outcomes would hopefully help us make a bigger society. End of ramble. <laughs> well, yeah, I see money as a tool. And if that tool is not very, is very scarce and can't get access to it, and then what you would do is you would use that tool on the, most the thing that you find most important first. And then everything else comes after. So it's it'll be interesting to see what happens to point crunching if there is a massive spike in like I don't know electricity costs or something like that. Yeah, like which projects do they move to? If people, first of all, do people stay crunching? And if they stay crunching, do they switch to more personal projects, more projects they believe in versus projects they're just interested in loosely? And it's um, two great comments in the chat here. Turn mentions the the covid boom uh for distributed computing in general but specifically rosetta at home and folding at home uh, because people just came in because they at that point people were trying to solve a very tangible problem and everyone not everyone but many 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 people switched off of interest projects they're interested in just to help solve this problem and even on a larger scale the scientific community and the institutions that run the scientific community uh for the most part, put away the idea of profit and money and put away their differences in the competition and worked together in what an open access, open data world would look like. And they created a vaccine in 18 months. If we had that world, do you know how quickly for everything, if we had open access, open data, like we're not working to get a profit. We'll recoup what it costs and we'll make a little on top of it, but we're not trying to drive a profit motive for investors and stuff like that. 
we would, how quickly would we cure cancer? How quickly would we beat a Pluto and living like an interstellar species? How quickly would we solve climate change? It's so sad. Like, it's amazing to watch this, but it's so sad to see like, oh, wait, we really can do this. We did it. And, but we choose not to. Right. This, ah, great point turn. Great point. Mm. And, and yeah, but, you want to finish? Well, I was okay. going to bring up Alice's point, so it's a different topic. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I was going to say, like, with with money as with any resource, um, if you're limited in the resources, you either stop what you're doing or you innovate. And the innovation part would be interesting to see because we might see a whole lot of crunches also switching over to solar or other renewable energy or even different energy sources entirely. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Uh, so Alice's point here is that there was a, uh, it's not really a point, but she brings up there was a study that paid people to watch different news networks, and it actually did affect their political leanings. So if that's the case, then holy hell, let's build an economic model behind science and develop it in a way that shifts based on what's needed with regards to the context of reality at a given time. So if we need people exploring space, let's economically incentivize people to explore space we'll have a generation of people who love going to space and then at some point if we need more medical development do the same there you know it's like the the kids who grow up watching the moon landing and that whole race they love space development uh the kids who grew up watching doom develop the game love software engineering the people who grow up watching tiktok videos (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and su- surprisingly, me personally, I grew up watching my dad build a computer and then I played Crisis Warhead, a game that every 12-year-old should definitely play, and that's intentional sarcasm. <laughs> um, that's what made me a programmer. But you're being around it and being excited to buy it, and it's, it's, there's money involved. I was very excited too. shooting people on that little tiny 2D screen that I had. When I was 12. It makes me wonder what's going to come out of the TikTok generation. Is it social engineering? Are they just going to be all like interested in how to manipulate people? Jeringer, I know five people who are studying psychology. <laughs> Nailed I have it. five friends who are studying psychology. They just came out. like, uh, Two of them just came out of high school and they're studying psychology. <laughs> And here's Alice sort of reinforcing the idea. There's an actual phenomenon called the Scully effect to the influx of women into STEM fields after the X-Files. That's really cool. I have never heard of that. Okay, so so what we're saying here is we need to create Boink TV. (laughs) Protein fashion show. uh, Bring back Bill Nye. Yeah, Bill Nye's lost his flavor to me. To be yeah, but no, we need someone else to fill his place. We need, we need something yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, it is. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. So I do want to clarify. Then it's when I say point is struggling. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It could be we're shifting into the future of distributed computing. Uh, that sort of pushes all these bigger ideas out there and is it going to get them actually built? We might actually be able to build an open data future where we can solve 
for a, a, where we can create a vaccine for a novel virus in 18 months, where we can cure a new type of cancer within 18 months, that sort of thing. There's a lot of hope out there. It's just maybe not for Boink. <laughs> it's just unfortunate. But I think Boink always has a place. And it may still yet have a place in this future of distributed computing. Yeah, we do already have a, uh, we got Robert saying that we should have a weekly TV program called Pro Boink Project of the Week. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do, Robert. <laughs> With all the project briefs. Project briefs are fantastic. I haven't told you this in a, in a while, but you do really good with them, and people Thank love them. Thank you very much. Yeah. But it is I'm one glad of to entertain you all. <laughs> and educate and get people interested in it and make people feel uh, heard and appreciated. I'm sure the projects, when they see their project mentioned on the brief or highlighted on the brief, they love it because it's like, like I brought up earlier. Some of these people are just people with time and an interest and a passion and time to the desire to do this thing. And all of a sudden there's this guy with an audience and guys, we do have an audience, uh, but this guy with an audience telling everyone about the project, telling everyone about this, what this person loves to do. And that is one thing I fear would leave in the uh, world where distributed computer is driven by an economic model. Because there would be less need, less desire, maybe, maybe, to teach people about the science behind everything. You'd want to just make money, right? Not just learn about what interests you and get involved. Become Scully. Yeah, and also wanted to say that I have a very, a very small suspicion that there are some people that just listen to the podcast just for the drinks and don't listen to the rest of it. I mean, I show up every week only for the drinks. The rest of this... <laughs> I'm asleep most of the time. <laughs> so you sleep have... talking, are you? Is this, yeah. how, is this how you sleep? Are we listening to you sleep talk? <laughs> this is me at 10%. <laughs> I have done, I've actually done episodes while like cooking dinner, though. That's fun. <laughs> Alice, I completely agree with you. She says it would require a community of human relationships to balance out the perception of being a money-driven transaction. That's very well said, too. Like, nothing to add there. And it is, But at the same time, here we are. Here we are. At the same time, I don't know if that's the right conjunction phrase, but we're talking about how money is affecting people using Boink. So it's like... Boink is this, quote, air quote again, volunteer system, but people are making real decisions based on how much it costs to run. So it's, it's kind of like Boink is already already has an economic model behind it. It just doesn't lean into it. It doesn't build it intentionally, and it, it doesn't do anything to capitalize on it. So it's it's a weird it it's a weird relationship. I gotta be honest, Jeringer, this drink's making me a little nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> Stop drinking it. No, but like, yeah, I just keep sipping it every now and then. <laughs> and it just still tastes horrible. How much sugar is in it? Um, let's see. 42 grams. Jeez. It's still less than oak. Oak was 60-something. Yeah. It's still a lot. I'm definitely... When did someone do a study on this scully effect? 
2018. I love it. Wow. All right, uh, it's been probably like 40 minutes, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> probably end it. We should. It was a good one. Yeah, big content. Big content. Are yeah. you doing a project brief next week? or? Um, yeah, I'll do a project brief next week. All right. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I am leaving one of these Fridays. I will not be here on the 26th. Okay, so that's two weeks. Cool. So we got next week. And yes, Robert, I am never, ever buying this drink again unless I'm taking it to a Boink workshop. Oh, God. Just, like, <laughs> pour it into a, a champagne bottle and cap the champagne bottle so we don't know. And, like, something cool happens, pop the, the drink, pour it <laughs> into champagne glasses, and we all take a sip. Coffee cake champagne. <laughs> That's disgusting. Oh, man. All right. So join us next week, Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern, here in the Boink Network Discord server, where we will have a project brief and maybe talk about other stuff, too. Yeah. See you then. <laughs>